0: Welcome back into The Mental Game. I'm your host, Brandon Seho, and this week's episode is with one of our most anticipated guests. She is the biggest star of Netflix's hit show, Love is Blind, as Deep Deep and Patty joins me for an amazing conversation D and I talk a lot in this episode about what it was like to be on Love is Blind and, of course, her relationship with Shake. Also, we touch on her dating life before and after the show and then that big moment when she chose herself at the altar. And as someone who has had a lot of relationship issues myself, this episode is super empowering about what it is like to put yourself first and love yourself. I think everyone at home listening and watching this We'll appreciate this conversation and obviously benefit from what Deepti has to say, but before we get started, let's kick things off with this week's mental health tip powered by one in five, and it is all about supporting others. A single smile, hug, or conversation can save a life. One of the most fulfilling things we can do is show love to others. Whether it is large or small, supporting and recognizing others not only brightens their day, but also positively impacts their mental health. Small acts of kindness, such as acknowledging a stranger, extending a compliment, or paying it forward are great ways to make others feel seen. Remember, small things can make a big difference. You'll find that not only do other people feel good by doing this, but you also feel good About yourself and if you or someone you know needs help finding a therapist or any mental health resources, go ahead and scan the QR code in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. It'll be up this entire episode and it'll take you directly to one in five's homepage where their mission is to prevent suicide by stopping the stigma and starting the conversation. Now it is time for this amazing, empowering conversation with Deep Deep and Patty from Love is Blind. I think it'll help a lot of people out there watching and listening. I know it helped me a lot. So without further ado, here is the latest episode of The Mental Game. Welcome back into The Mental Game podcast. I am joined by a very special guest, Deep Deep and Patty from season two of Love is Blind. We're here in Chicago. Thank you so much for having me out here.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: This is going to be a super fun episode. A lot of people were looking forward to it on social media. So I know you got a lot to tell. I have a lot to ask. First thing I ask everyone on this podcast is what does mental health mean to you? And you can answer that, whether it be a tool for your life, how you've discovered it as a child or more recently but the question: What does mental health mean to you?
1: I feel like mental health, honestly, is is slightly overlooked, mm-hmm. um, especially for me growing up in a South Asian household. We don't really talk about our feelings, intimacy, yeah, or you know, just our issues. Really, you mm-hmm. know, my mom would be like, "Just go outside and get some sunlight. Like, you'll be okay." <laughs> you know, and that really didn't solve any of my problems. And it wasn't really until adulthood that I started to realize that you have to really take care of your mental health. You have to give it attention and mm-hmm. love. And energy, and if you don't do that, you feel your body's out of balance as well as your mind. And so, it's really become a very important thing in my life now.
0: And I'm sure the last two years it's become even more of a focus for you after the show when you shot it, when you're doing it, and then once it aired. We'll get into Love is Blind in just a sec, but take me back to your childhood and kind of how you grew up, and I know you you grew up in India, moved here when you were young, mm-hmm. and mental health has obviously been something you've had to deal with throughout your life, starting from when you moved over here,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. When I first moved here, I mean, I was a pretty happy kid, but mm-hmm. like at the age of eight, you know, you're kind of deep-rooted, like yeah. with your friends, your family, you know, um, the lifestyle, mm-hmm. and so moving here, especially across the world, yeah. to a completely different culture, mm-hmm. and we went to a place where it was Predominantly white. Yeah. And so no one looked like me. I couldn't understand my teachers. Yeah. Like, and at that age, you kind of don't even understand what's happening. You're just like, okay, I just have to go through this. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until, you know, my early teenage years that really started to, you know, impact my life. I was like, okay, I don't fit in. I don't like the way I look. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do I immerse myself into this community and feel, you know, part of it. And so that was the toughest part yeah. for me, I think, growing up.
0: Were you bullied in school? Or what, what was that experience like? Because I know you have your book out, which is I Choose Myself. Mm-hmm. And it talks a lot about the issues that you had growing up as a child and throughout teenage years, and then obviously what happens in the show. um, What was it like in school?
1: Yeah, I was definitely bullied in school. It wasn't like a physical bully, but I think words kind of hurt deeper sometimes.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah,
1: like that like sticks to me. And the fact that even when writing the book, I realized like these are emotions that I suppressed a long time ago Mm -hmm. and just writing about it made me very emotional like it was very therapeutic but I was like wow I can't believe I still remember the exact sentence Mm -hmm. that like you know girls would say to me or like you know the guys would put me down even and those like are like very very like instilled inside of me Mm -hmm. and it took me so long to kind of change the narrative in my head you know that's been like, I think the hardest journey to untrain yeah. your thoughts and rewire your brain a little bit.
0: What were some of the toughest things that you went through? Cause we were talking a little bit off camera that, you know, you've mm-hmm. suffered with some mental health stuff as a, as a young woman, what were some of the things that you suffered from that affected you personally?
1: Yeah, I I didn't really like, I was kind of like the ugly duckling uh, that like came into a beautiful butterfly later in life, yeah. you know? And so... It, it's a
0: glow up. It's a
1: glow 100%. I, I, I hope
0: I'm still on the upward trend. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: Same, I'm hoping that it's <laughs> a trajectory up. But definitely a glow up. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I was overweight. I was 220 pounds at my heaviest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would get bullied a lot for that. And um, just... Being dark, too. I played tennis. I was always outside. And I was just, like, so dark. And, like, I didn't look like people around me. So yeah. it was just a tough thing, I think, because I would, like, compare myself to everyone around mm-hmm. me. And, yeah. And also having parents um, that are from India. I had I was uh, brought up in a very strict household. Yeah. And so my curfew would be, like, 9 p.m. So, like, all my friends would be hanging out. And I would just, like be very like sad and alone at home. So I would turn to food and you know, it, I would binge eat like constantly. And then after I would binge eat, I would feel so guilty about it that I would literally project like, that's how my bulimia started. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I think my late teenage years where I was like, this has to stop. Like, I can't continue life like this and you know, have this self hate, you know,
0: the self hate is something that you've touched on before in other interviews I watched. And I wanted to get into Mm -hmm. that because that's something that unless you deal with it, you really don't understand. So I'm sure there's people watching that have Mm -hmm. had that sense of self-hate. How do you break out of that?
1: Yeah. Honestly, I wish I could have turned to therapy, but Mm -hmm. that just never was on the table for me, I guess. And so for me, I, I don't know. I think I went through a really uh, hard breakup of, um, I was with this person for six years and we lived together and basically he ended up telling me that he cheated on me the whole time. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough journey. Oh my God, it's terrible. Yeah. But what a blessing though, because that really was a catalyst to my change. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, this is like how I'm, no, I'm feeling terrible about myself right now, but I skewed away from all of the things that would make me feel good about myself like working out eating healthy Mm -hmm. like putting time into journal meditate Mm -hmm. all these things that I would do I wasn't doing because that relationship was so toxic for me right it was like draining my energy so the fact that he was like removed yeah I'm I was like fresh air exactly it was like you could feel the energy like coming back into my life almost yeah. And, and I think that really was what spearheaded me into kind of going back to the practices mm-hmm. that made me feel better about myself.
0: Did you have trouble leaving that relationship? You Cause know, I know I've heard, like mm-hmm. for me, I've been in some terrible relationships, but when yeah. it's bad, I'm like, get out. Mm-hmm. But I've heard a lot of, you know, my women friends tell me that it's hard to leave when you're in a relationship and you care about somebody. How hard mm-hmm. was it to get out of it, but then you said it was like a breath of fresh air once you figured a way to get out.
1: Well, the six years were tumultuous, so it was like we were kind of on and off a little bit okay. throughout those years. Yeah. And so there's something that always brought me back. But when he said the words like, I've been cheating on you the whole time. See ya. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that is it for me. That's I don't the understand line. how people do that. I just never will get it. I don't know either. I mean. They <sighs> probably need to go to therapy. Right. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> honestly, yes. That's the thing. It's a projection. It's like, yeah. you have to remember that, you know, when someone cheats on you, it's not about you. It's about them. There's some sort of insecurity, right. some sort of projection that's happening there and you can't internalize it. Mm-hmm. it took me a long time to get to that yeah, place, yeah, so, yeah. you know but yeah that was the last trial I was just like you know what there's no coming back yeah. from that and that's kind of nice because mm-hmm. you're like okay now you just move forward there's right. no looking back you know
0: yeah no I was in a toxic relationship tough breakup and you know had a lot going on and it was tough to walk away but once you know this mm-hmm. podcast would never have happened if I didn't that's go through me. those lows or you would have never went on Love is Blind if you didn't go through those shows or those
1: lows, I'm assuming? Absolutely, absolutely. And if I hadn't gone through what I went through on the show, I wouldn't have written the book. I wouldn't have been doing all Mm -hmm. these speaking engagements and being on this podcast, you know?
0: Yeah. What's your relationship life and dating life been like throughout your life? Because I'm assuming going on that show, Mm -hmm. you had, I don't know, had struggles in the dating world, but you're not married. You're not, there's there's no kids in the picture right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. assuming when you sign up for that show, you had gone through some some tough dating years.
1: Yes, absolutely. I've always been the type of person that would put my partner on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like I would overflow their cups with love without yeah. giving myself any love. Yeah. And that is the biggest mistake that I could ever make in mm-hmm. life. Because if you don't show yourself that love, like how can someone else love you in that in the same right. way? Right. And so that's really what I've learned. Throughout my dating experience, especially after love is blind, is, you know, you have to be able to pour energy into yourself yeah. and be the best version of yourself before you can enter a relationship. And I wasn't doing that, mm-hmm. you know? I was putting them at a higher... St- I was You know, honestly, I think it stemmed from fear of being alone. Like, if I don't have this person in my life, like, even though they're so bad to me, is there going to be anyone else, right. you know? And that was the fear that always kept me in negative relationships
0: for people that have, that are watching that know my story that was my biggest thing is that i felt alone and i didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily that i was missing out on a relationship that was a big part of it but it was mm-hmm. just you know i had this great job and i had a great family and friends but it mm-hmm. just i felt alone i go to the bar sit by myself or mm-hmm. after a game you know that i that i worked go out afterwards and get super drunk and hang out with people that i don't even know and mm-hmm. i just had that alone feeling yeah. um Going to the show now. Love is blind. You are hands down the biggest star of Love is Blind. I will say it here, and it's a lot because of the way you loved yourself and how the stuff was shake, shaked out. And I, I didn't like write that, but <laughs> no I just,
1: pun intended. I, I couldn't stop myself from
0: saying it. Um, why did you sign up for that show?
1: Yeah, you know, I get asked this question a lot, and originally, I, I answer it like I just honestly wanted to find a unique love story Mm -hmm. and looking back on it now I feel like it's way deeper than that yeah it's it's about you know my whole life I've been judged for the way I looked and people didn't give me a chance to get mm-hmm. to know me on who I, for who I am on the inside because right. of that. And so I look back on it now and I'm like, it's a blessing. What a unique, dope experience to yeah. go through where someone is getting to know who you are truly and like what your values are, what your beliefs are, mm-hmm. like what you want out of life in the future. Those are the important things that you talk about before letting the physical aspect of it kind yeah. of like, kind of ruin it, honestly, right. <laughs> because, you know, you tend to kind of- you um, put
0: blinders on. And
1: exactly. You're like, oh my God, this person is so attractive and I feel such an energetic pull to you, but you have so many red flags yeah. that I'm just gonna ignore and continue. When it goes the
0: other way, like I might see a beautiful woman at the bar, but I don't go up because I'm like out of my league. Like but you could have yes. so much in common, like it goes both ways. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask about the pods because that is like such a unique thing that only Mm -hmm. the people that have done the three seasons will understand what it's like for me who i don't know miserably single is the right word for a lot of my life (laughs) but but i've had relationship issues (laughs) yeah i would i think that's a cool idea i would love to do it when you experienced it was it weird did it take a second to get used to how and how long like how long were dates all that stuff i'm just curious what it was like
1: okay it was such a unique experience um honestly day one of dating was very scary like I was very nervous I was like oh my god like how do you act well one obviously there's cameras there so it adds to it right but um so 15 men 15 women first day is basically speed dating 15 minutes each Interesting. So you kind of like vet it right away, yeah. and you write down, you rank people, <laughs> and so, and then as the days go on, the rankings like based on your rankings, um, you get matched up and you have longer dates. So the producers
0: do that. Yes. Okay. So there's
1: like a rank sheet every single. I was person curious how
0: how you guys met up again to do more dates, like.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how. So you get okay. matched up and like based on kind of the chemistry, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like they would have to rank you higher too. Yeah. Actually, with Shake, I them so low I was just like this isn't happening yeah. <laughs> and somehow we kind of just got kept getting paired together yeah. and so dates would be like an hour and 15 they would go to three hours we'd have like six hour dates it's like morning six hours
0: night. in the pod not seeing someone talking there
1: mm-hmm. three you, hours I, in the morning three hours a night oh my are
0: you guys like having dinner and drinks with the wall
1: in between you yeah basically and honestly <laughs> That's so crazy if me. you think about it yeah. you don't have a phone you have no contact to the outside world there's your main focus is that person. Yeah, you. That's why it's so intense. And people don't understand, like, how can you fall in love? How can you like get married like that? It's because you're in like such an intense emotional situation, right. and you're talking for a long time, like forty plus hours of talking in it's those pods. Full time job. It's a full time job. Exactly, <laughs> ten days. Of I it. fell in love on vacation before, so like, <laughs> right? It,
0: it, it, it's it's not as intense as that, but right. like.
1: Yeah, people yeah. meet on cruises. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, my mom loves cruises. She's trying to get me to go on. I'm like, uh, once I find somebody, I'll go with you. I can't. I can't do five days in a row. Hey, with you need
1: you. to go just so you can find someone. Maybe, okay, maybe you know, mom. Uh, you heard it from Deep D. I need to come on a cruise. He's coming, mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out, Debbie. Back to back to the show. Um, what was it like when you and Shake started connecting? Because you said he was at the bottom of the list, mm-hmm. and then you guys just start getting matched up more and talking more. Why was that connection so strong?
1: Yeah, it's because we had such a similar childhood and upbringing. Mm -hmm. He was also born in India, moved here, had a lot of insecurities. You know, he was also kind of overweight when he was growing up. Mm -hmm. And it was us having white partners was almost kind of a way of like a validation that, okay, like... I'm okay because you know I have this partner who's yeah. attractive or white, mm-hmm. which is you know we kind of bonded on those things yeah. and the like our music sense. There was a lot of things that like we kind of mm-hmm. were intertwined in, and we're like, oh, there's a lot of similarities here, and so we kind of I was able to extract some deep thoughts out of him after yeah. a while after getting past the little shallowness a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> just a little bit, just just a little bit.
0: <laughs> what was it like when you two met? I remember the scene. <laughs> you guys running towards each other uh what was that moment like for you
1: honestly it is a moment i will never forget it was as uh, it sounds so crazy but like the most exhilarating moment like you're just so nervous mm-hmm. and then those doors open and you're like holy shit <laughs> yeah. like it's just like so many emotions run through you and honestly we had a really good reveal weirdly like him touching my feet in that moment which is like a cultural thing and like just putting a ring on my finger i mean i wish he didn't grab my ass (laughs) but you know minus that it was pretty good i was like i made my mom skip through that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was (laughs) What,
0: what was your parents feedback on the show
1: um they were actually proud of me. I'm okay. there was a there was a couple episodes they skipped over. Yeah. I was like, "Mom, just don't even worry about. It. Go straight to the families, yeah. you know." Um, I think it was the worst for my grandpa, I think. He called me and he was like he watched the whole thing. Oh. And he was like he was just like, um, you know, in our culture, it would have been better if you just like lovingly looked into his eyes and maybe held his hands. Like, it was, I was kind of disappointed to see that, but I'm glad, you know, you're doing okay. I was like, Grandpa I was acting. Yeah. I was just it was for Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I was like, It's for Netflix, Dad. No. Um, yeah, it's, they've been really supportive. I mm. think. You Know it was they, they've they been through the whole journey with me, right? And they saw the ups and downs, and you know, I honestly couldn't have made it through without having them by my side.
0: Yeah, and you can definitely see the connection you and your family have, yeah. it comes through through the show and on social media with you. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the relationship with Shake, when did you know you were gonna say no?
1: Yeah, man, I think all the way up until the point, like maybe two, three days before that mm-hmm. altar moment, um, he. He was still, like, making comments about, like, you know, not having an animalistic attraction to me or, like, you know, you have all of the characteristics I look for in a person, but I should, like, want to jump you, right? Like, you know, just saying these outlandish things. And I'm like, you are not focusing on what's important in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And the narrative kind of turned for me because I was like, wait a minute.
0: You could just feel the switch. Yeah. Like, once... Uh, was it the like a pool or a hot tub or whatever? Yeah, was,
1: that was in Mexico, yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Mexico
0: trip where you kind of felt it switch, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. And honestly, I, I had to kind of walk him off a ledge at that moment, like after that happened because mm-hmm. marriage is scary. Oh, yeah. And I was telling him, I was like, this is an experiment. Like, I think we need to go through like the process Mm -hmm. of it to see if you can truly, you know, fall for each other, even if there's not a physical attraction, you know what I mean? Like, can that happen? Obviously in our case, it didn't, Mm -hmm. but My parents got an arranged marriage. They knew each other for what, like a month before they got married and they were in it for life and they're still together. So it's possible.
0: Did they try to do an arranged marriage with you? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: As soon as I graduated college, I was on a matrimonial site. And you were just like, no, thanks. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, again, I wanted to find a unique love story. I wanted to, well, I guess this isn't organic, but I wanted to find someone organically.
0: (laughs) On Netflix in front of a million people. Yeah. yeah.
1: Somehow that happened.
0: (laughs) Uh, Take me back to the wedding day (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you have those famous lines, which I think help a lot of people that have struggled with relationships um, or have dealt with different issues, especially women. When you say I choose myself, Mm -hmm. what was that moment like for you walking away from from that relationship and, and possible marriage?
1: Yeah, I honestly didn't realize the impact that would have, you know, those words kind of just blurted out of me. Yeah, And that's just kind of what I felt in the moment. But weirdly, I thought that me and Shake had actually created like a bond, because like, what a unique experience to go Mm -hmm. through. Yes, it didn't end up in a marriage. But like, we have a connection at least as a friendship like mm-hmm. he would always say to me like you're my best friend like you're my biggest hype woman blah 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 you know so walking away from that i was very sad because i was like okay like i wanted to find a husband out of this but at the same time you kind of see me smiling too yeah. because i'm like yes i choose myself here but i'm walking away with at least like a connection and a bond mm-hmm. but you know when i saw it live obviously things were way different yeah that's
0: <laughs> what i wanted to ask about on the mental health side of things, because this is an experience that no one watching this, unless they were on Love is Blind, is gonna be able to, or has been on a show like The Real World or The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. where like your life, you had a pretty normal life working in corporate America, you Mm -hmm. go do this show, and then all of a sudden you have all this fame, you're doing interviews, podcasts, you're on Mm -hmm. Netflix everywhere. Watching that back, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what was that like for you?
1: It was very hard. You know when you listen to yourself like on a voicemail or something, and yes. you kind of cringe a little.
0: I've done it for a living, so it's kind of oh, true. You know how it goes. You <laughs> know it's how it goes. Weird sometimes. It's yeah. so
1: weird. And like you're at least like used to watching. Yeah. When I watch myself, I would literally cringe. i be like, oh my god, like this is so awkward. Yeah. Um, and honestly, just having the opinions of people, and it just creates so much anxiety. Like I. Yeah. I've had anxiety before, but like watching it back and having all these people commenting on your life and like saying things about you, my anxiety was through the roof. It was insane. Like if I didn't have the support of my castmates, my mm-hmm. girls on that show, I think it would have been such a tough process for me.
0: When you see some of the things that Shake was saying, not, not behind your back, mm-hmm. I guess is the easiest yeah. way to put it, mm-hmm. um, on camera, but like that's the thing for me it's like a reality show so you say things but I guess you're not in the moment you like don't realize like there's cameras around all the time but Mm -hmm. you don't have phones you can't call anyone so I mean I'm not making excuses I just I'm trying to figure out when you saw that Mm -hmm. and heard what he said about you like when you thought you guys you know were best friends and things were going really really well how tough was that moment to watch
1: It was, it was very tough. I I knew that he had said some things because like I said, um, you know, I wanted to maintain a friendship with him after filming had wrapped. Mm -hmm. And so I hung out with him like, you know, after in Chicago, like we all did group activities and things, but like I was starting to see more of his true colors. Mm -hmm. And right before the show had aired, we, we met up with like a bunch of people and he came up to me and he was like very like emotional. And he was like, like, You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need you to have my back. Like, you know, and just weirdly, I was like, you did something like you said something like he knows something is coming. And so when I watched it back, I was like, absolutely no chance. And then he doubled down at reunion, like not even apologetic.
0: Yeah, that one was the interesting one for me was the reunion with uh, everyone. And he kind of just started firing bullets at everyone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys
0: still talk at all?
1: Absolutely not. I haven't blocked on all platforms and I hate to like label people, but he has some narcissistic tendencies. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is they like any type of energy that you give them, even if it's Uh, negative or positive. So I've completely stayed silent. And that's been the hardest thing for me because he just talks and talks and talks. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay out of it. Yeah.
0: Well, I know it's a touchy subject to ask about. So uh, thank you for opening up about that. A lot of fans obviously noticed the relationship with Kyle. Mm hmm. Uh, you guys dated for a little bit mm-hmm. and then broke things off. Do you guys still have a good friendship?
1: Yeah, um, we. It's just too hard. It's complicated. Yeah. yeah it's it's too hard to once maintain you cross the line of
0: friends and dating. exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. And we both were seeing other people afterwards and like running into events together yeah. with other people. It was just a. It was a. It's a tough thing and you know, I wish him the best, but as of right now, I think we just need to, you know, walk our own paths and, you know, mm-hmm. figure out what we want in life.
0: All right. So I'll ask about your dating life now. Yeah. Are you <laughs> dating? How fun is it? Uh, is it, it's gotta be weird because people like know you. Mm-hmm. And so going into that, it's a lot different than what you are used to before the show.
1: hundred percent. I can't be on a dating app. Honestly, this past, don't, week, you don't
0: want to be on a dating app. I, I promise you. I don't. I, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's not fun. It's, huh? No,
0: no, no. <laughs>
1: That's funny. No, actually, it's uh, somebody was on in my messages this past weekend sent me a picture of me on Bumble, but it was like someone impersonating as right. me. And I was like, oh my God, Sammy. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> Sammy, how fun is it out there? Yeah. No, but um, yeah, dating has been a little, I am not even looking. I think that's when you'll find yeah. it. I'm just like pouring energy and love into myself right now mm-hmm. and just like working on my projects and, you know, experiencing you, life you
0: feel like a purpose and i yeah. think i think that's like for me i like i said i came out of a toxic relationship and it was really really bad breakup and like it took me two three months to kind of get back on my feet but now it's mm-hmm. like I'm traveling the country doing this podcast and yes. talking to people about mental health and i just like I think about it a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. not like at the forefront, like it was, I'm sure for you before you did that show.
1: hundred percent. Yes. I was like, mainly just like, Oh, like I just want to have love in my life. Like yeah. I want to find my forever partner. And when you're focusing so much energy on it and like putting so much pressure mm-hmm. on it, sometimes it's just not going to work out. You know what I mean? And yeah. so when you just like let go of control and just like let things flow and let mm-hmm. things happen, you just like, I've met some amazing, incredible people yeah. along the way so far. And I feel like that's just going to continue. And, you know, my person's out there somewhere.
0: So, just to backtrack on the dating app, so I'm not going to yeah. make my profile picture a picture of us just to get more swipes. <laughs> yeah. Just to, clear, just to clear I love it, that. Just we
1: better make it good, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to do do the, do the clout uh, the clout picture for the dating apps. I hate dating apps. That's funny. Um, what is your biggest focus now? You had the book. Yeah. I choose myself. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very therapeutic thing to read and obviously to write that take me through that. Cause you mentioned that when you started writing your feelings out, mm-hmm. how did that change your perspective of your emotions?
1: Yeah. I'm a huge advocate for journaling mm-hmm. and meditation Yeah, because when you sit still with your thoughts, um, and, you write them down and express them or like vocalize Mm -hmm. it, you kind of learn so much about yourself in the process and you're like, whoa, like I had no idea this is how I interpreted that situation or you've held on to something like this for so long in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, just going through that process has been, I realized that there was a lot of emotions that I was still holding on to, a lot of resentment, you know, a lot of un. Like spoken things that like yeah. I just suppressed, you know, and so yeah, writing it out was very emotional. And two week- days before the book was about to release, I literally called my f- my family and my friends, and I was like, just in tears. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I've already put myself out there. Like, look yeah. how much judgment I got. Like, and I'm putting my entire life out there now. Like, mm-hmm. am I gonna be like, why am I doing this to myself? To help yeah, you know, my sister, that's exactly what she said to me. She's like, remember why you even wanted to do this? Even if you changed one person's life in some mm-hmm. capacity, it's worth it. And I was like, you're right. Okay. You're right. All right, let's do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and what's what's that been like seeing you mentioned when you were at the altar in that show and you say I choose myself or I'm choosing myself. Mm-hmm. That helped women all around the world. They feel that feedback back to you. And then obviously you write the book and you get even more feedback. I'm sure your Instagram DMs are just flooded with people that you've helped. Mm -hmm. How do you receive that?
1: Oh, it's been such an amazing, amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, just like even going to book signings and things like women have literally just started bawling their eyes out with me. And I'm just like, it's just in such awe Mm -hmm. over it. And I think that's, what's continuing my motivation to keep sharing my journey and keep being vulnerable because that's what really connects us Mm -hmm. through this whole thing is like, you know, talking about our experiences and more often than not, people are going through exactly the same types of things. Sure. And you know, when we can be able to talk about it and you, if you're vulnerable, Mm -hmm. then people are going to feel safe to be vulnerable back with you and share their journey. And so, yeah, it's been an amazing experience.
0: You mentioned earlier in life, not seeing therapy as, as an option for Mm -hmm. you. You mentioned writing, being therapeutic and we're talking about opening up more and talking. Have you gone to therapy in your adult life or since the show? And has that helped you? If you have,
1: I have not yet. And that is something that I am seeking actually. Um, my brother and my sister-in-law are huge advocates for that as well. Mm -hmm. And so I've finding a therapist is hard.
0: It is. And now because of, COVID and everyone staying at home, Mm -hmm. especially for younger people. I mean, you have to wait like two, three months in some cases to find a therapist, which is crazy. And I'm learning more and more as I, you know, do this mental health project. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to check myself in somewhere and it was like hard. I'm like, I was suicidal and it was still difficult to get in somewhere. Um, but yeah, no, so that's, you're talking about that's something you're going to look into now.
1: hundred percent. I, I definitely want to look into that and like maybe even partner with, with like a company that does like um remote yeah, yeah, yeah um, for type sure. of things. Cause then it's easier for people to, you know, just get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. Like the progress, the amazing things that you've, you know, accomplished and gone through, but like, you know, persevered. Yeah. That's, that's Life's crazy. Really, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's
0: crazy how it works. I had a, a job that I loved and I was, riding the bangles all the way to the super bowl and I'm talking to Joe burrow and you know, mm-hmm. I'm living the life that every guy my age wants to live. And then what they didn't see is like on the backside, I've spoken about this on like interviews that I've done is that you take the camera away. And when I was going through all that stuff for three months, I'm back to arguing with my ex on my phone and like, I'm mad about this, that like I was miserable. It was the best life experience mm-hmm. and work of my life but then like personally i was just struggling with uh like crazy um is there anything you want to touch on that we haven't really got to i'm trying to think of all the questions i was I don't really write anything down. I just
1: kind of, I like that. Yeah. Freestyle it and see what happens. No, honestly, I feel like just talking to you has made me realize like sometimes like the hard things that you go through are exactly the catalyst that you need to, you know, invoke change in your life and to like, your life is completely different now and in such a positive, amazing way. And I feel like it's the same for me. Like we've gone through such a, a difficult thing. And now like we use that to kind of fuel, Mm -hmm. Our passion to yeah. like just be good to the world and put good out there. So
0: you mentioned your life being different. This is one thing I just thought of. What is it? Is it weird when you see like you go to get coffee and <laughs> someone comes up to you? Like yeah. it happens to me a little bit, but not at yeah. the like level that it happens to you, I'm sure. Like when you did like that's something that I had wanted my entire life, or not, I don't know if I wanted, I wanted to work in a profession of like yeah. being on TV, being in front of people, being yeah. in the spotlight. So I was kind of expecting that. Mm-hmm. For someone that's just thrown upon after you do this show, how, what's that like for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little intense. I'm not going to lie. When Kyle and I first, because everyone's like speculating about a relationship, yeah. we would just go get coffee and end up on a TikTok. And like, we would just be like, oh my God, this is wild. Like I'd be eating, we'd be out eating dinner yeah. or something. And like we just pictures of us everywhere tagging us. Um, yeah, just this past weekend too, I was in Colorado and like, you know, just a bunch of people coming up to me, but I was with my friends and they hadn't known like exactly the t- type of reciprocation yeah. you know you and they were like oh my god is this your life and they're like trying to protect me i was like don't worry they're, they're harmless yeah like, they people just want just a selfie sweet. or yeah. say hey you changed my life exactly like, exactly um but yeah no it's been really sweet um just at the club the other day one of the, um, the club yeah we. Were, oh, you're, you, <laughs>
0: this is a, your a big nightlife person yeah
1: actually I went right. to go see Blake Horseman. do you know him from um, Bachelor um, we went to his show and someone came up to me and his brother, or her brother was like she's in tears right now can you just get a picture like I don't know who you are but the fact that you've made an impact like this is so incredible because <laughs> she's at a club cl- crying right now
0: and well like, so the tequila so and the vodka the tequila, have had something, yeah. <laughs> something to do with that true, too true I didn't but, think about that no, I'm not trying to tear you no, down. No, here, no, no. That
1: you do get emotional. <laughs> you do. That is so true. But yeah, it's been it's been wild. It's it's I'm navigating it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: navigating life now. You're yeah. living, living in Chicago, traveling yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. What's your day to day like?
1: Yeah. Um. So I actually quit my corporate job three ish, three and a half months ago. Okay. Um. Just because I was kind of like putting half of my energy into this and that, and yeah. like. Uh, social media is a hard game like, yes yes it is yeah it's and wild. so yeah like how do you stay authentic but like not be too oversharing like right. still stay a little bit private mm-hmm. you know that's been the hardest thing but um i have a podcast coming out in a couple months let's go yeah maybe i'll
0: be on yes
1: i would be that'd be amazing Please. definitely come on what's do you have a name yet Um, I'm just going to call it Life with Deeps. Oh, okay. That That way it's like... That works. Yeah, keep it on brand. There you go. See, that's smart. (laughs) You got got the social media influencer thing down now too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I got the podcast and I'm doing a bunch of like speaking engagements because I just love connecting with people in Mm -hmm. that way. Um, Like TEDx was incredible, like life-changing. So I just want to continue doing that.
0: Awesome, awesome. Last thing I'll ask you and it's how we end every podcast episode. Mm -hmm. If there's someone out there that... I'm trying to think of how to phrase, it cause usually I do it with like athletes and musicians. So I'm like, if they mm-hmm. want to be an athlete, they want to be a musician. If they want to be an author or yeah. they want to be uh, a public speaker about a, a cause they care about, yeah. what advice re- would you give to them?
1: I would just say, you know, take it one step at a time. like when you um, think about a goal that is like a really big dream or a goal, yeah. it sometimes it gets like overwhelming. You're like, how do I get there? You just have to like, you know, step it out. Like the first step you take, you write it out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I got to do first. And then as you build onto it, that dream just gets closer and closer to you and use your resources. The people around you are always willing to help you, right. you know, see you succeed. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And we'll I see everyone it. back
0: here next week on the mental game. And I can't thank Deepti enough for inviting me out to Chicago to shoot this podcast episode. She is an amazing person. She is as genuine as they come. Whatever you saw on Netflix on Love is Blind, she is that person times 10. She is just incredible. Deeps and I, I feel like, have become friends now. We've texted back and forth and talked as we've led up to this podcast coming out. She is a great person, and hopefully I'll be working with her in the future to help more people Get better and get help with their mental health. Next week, here on the mental game, we have a big episode with Xavier head men's basketball coach Sean Miller. And this is leading up to the crosstown shootout. With those of you who are watching or listening from Cincinnati, you know that is a big game. It is a big rivalry between Xavier and Cincinnati. So, the head coach of the Musketeers over at X, Sean Miller, will join me next week, right back here on the Mental Game as we talk about his coaching career, what happened out at Arizona, what it is like to return to Xavier, and how much he is appreciative for the second opportunity back in Cincinnati and at XU. All that and much more coming up next week, right back here on the Mental Game. <laughs>